So happy 2022. This is BSing with Sean K. I'm your host, Sean Neese, and I got a new background. It's kind of, um, I mean, you can't see it unless you're watching the video, but I guess it's, it's got kind of like a Tolkien, Tolkien feel a little bit now that like one of the places they'd like discover in the woods or something like that kind of. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, it's 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 uh, it's a neat background. I usually did the outer space one, but uh, anyway, on this show, I talk with uh, artists um, and uh, and people, other people pursuing their passions, and just like have kind of a back and forth conversation and talk to them about their craft and also like their views on the world, and it's just BSing basically. And uh, today, my guest is uh, Angela Grams, and she's a guitarist. And uh, musician, you do solo music too, right? And you're also, and I'm in a band with her now, Pinkman in the Brain. We're, we're like a jam band, and you're also doing a thrash metal band. And I also yes. know you, you like black metal, <laughs> and you do like dissection covers. I know, like some of the metalheads listening will know who they are. Dissection, the uh, they're from uh, where they, it was either Sweden or Finland, I forget. Uh, but but they're really Sweden. Good. Yeah, Sweden. I believe they're from Sweden. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, like melodic kind of black metal. The, the guy died though the main guy he did yes yeah he the main himself. guy in the band he's, yeah he's and you also you're, <laughs> <laughs> and you do and you do uh painting too that's like your other thing yes, as well yes i'm a painter and a guitarist nice so, so uh just tell us i guess i know i introduced you a bit but kind of introduce yourself too and talk about like how you got into the different things you do well, uh, I studied art. Um, I moved to New York to get my graduate degree at the New York Academy of Art. And um, I have a painting career that is going pretty well at the moment. Um, my gallery is in Copenhagen, Denmark. And that takes up the majority of my time. There's a, a deadlines to fulfill and I'm basically in my studio most of the time creating work for that. Um, and on the music side, uh, I've been playing guitar for pretty much half of my life. Um, I, right now I'm really into fusion. I, I like a lot of, uh, technical type <laughs> stuff. Um, I usually play just practicing by myself, uh, jamming to like backing tracks or whatever, improvising is my main thing that I really like to do. It's very enjoyable. And that is how we met pretty much as Pinkman and the Brain. <laughs> we went to the uh, Funkadelic Jam just randomly. Yeah. And then we were all, and... we all got put in the same jam room. It's like you go to the jam and then like there's different music. They set you up in different rooms with different musicians. And then we all ended up in the same room. It was, uh, it was me, me, you, and then there's Sandkit, the keyboard and uh, Ben, the drummer, and that now since then we kind of formed the band. So, yeah, we met once there, and it was completely random, and then we never stopped playing together, which is yeah. <laughs> really great. Like, I'm glad that 
didn't end. <laughs> We're still <Yeah>. going. <laughs> and, and we have like different influences in there. I know, I know you like like metal too, but like it's it's more of like a jam instrumental kind of project we're doing but yes yes for yeah. sure so, so your art career like how did that start like how did you get into that and like how did you end up making it your career well graduate school really helped me because before then um i studied illustration which is great i really needed to do that at the time but um i didn't really have an idea of what contemporary art was or like how to make your own statement in a visual way. Uh, and that's, that's what I learned with uh, the, at the New York Academy, basically. And so when I got out, um, I sort of had a conceptual framework of how to communicate my ideas through painting and how to put them in you know, the contemporary world and, you know, have them really mean something in that space. And it's an ongoing process. I mean, nothing is ever perfect. That can always be better. I feel like if you're complacent as an artist, then it's kind of like the death of your creativity. <laughs> so every painting I make is, is, I enjoy doing it, and at the when it's finished, I think this this I'm glad it's finished. But the next one is is always has to be better in some way. Um, trying to improve my ideas and the work has changed over time because of that. Um, but how I got into my gallery, um, which is uh, called Gallery Wilson in Copenhagen. Um, they recruit a lot of new artists from that from the New York Academy, from the school. Like they go to the school and walk around the studios and see who might fit into their program. And so I had already graduated at the time. I was out of school for maybe like three or four years. And uh, the gallery was there looking for new artists and somebody at the school told me like, look, you need to submit your work now. Send the email now, uh, send your website. Um, and so I did, I dropped everything like that day and just, just you know, got that done. And um, it worked out like they liked my work. And I started with um, a group show and sold some pieces there and then, gradually like maybe two years later uh i was like officially in the gallery like ha i had a solo there and it's uh been the same ever since so i'm glad that worked out yeah and that was kind of your goal from the beginning with the painting to or did you yes um there's really two ways to uh have gallery representation um one way is that you're recommended and the other way is if the gallery approaches you and that's that's if that happens to you you're really lucky um i did one time i did a group show because the gallery contacted me and they wanted a piece but normally that's that's uh kind of rare um 
And just in terms of like having a successful quote unquote art career, <laughs> there's real, not really a correct way to do it or like a set trajectory. Um, it kind of, I don't know, like it kind of depends on how much time and effort you put into it and like just be visible and going to openings and meeting people. It's really, this sounds cliche, but it's net networking is like almost everything. Um, and that's something I definitely have to work on. Like uh, I'm mostly just in my studio most of the time and I should really be out more and being in New York and going, going to shows and stuff. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, there's no, I can't, <laughs> I can't really, um, communicate like the correct way to have an art career. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I guess that's what you're saying. It's about, uh, it's about networking. Cause it, I guess it's kind of like a solitary thing you do, but then like through that, you still need the. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. You still need to, um, you know, like have people on your side, basically. Yeah, and is there like a particular theme you do with your art, or is there like a certain style you go for that you're inspired by? Oh uh, yes, and yes. Um, <laughs> so I paint animals almost exclusively. Um, and the work has changed a little bit from when I started doing that, but um, this, I would say the style is realism. It's re realistic, uh, but it's also surreal. Or like, I would say it fits into pop surrealism um, because uh, I'm attracted to like strange color, like use of odd color. Uh, and in the past, I would sort of abstract the animal bodies, like, you know, have them fragmented, sort of like um, in a like collage type style. And uh, that was my way of really trying to communicate how animals and their identities really don't have any kind of relevance in our culture or society anymore and so they really exist in our imagination and because of that you know the idea of what an animal is has has become very surreal like uh dreamlike if you look at the representations of animals in like contemporary art like other contemporary artists what they're doing with animals it's all like not rooted in the something like if you look at the old masters like a still life something that's like definitely concretely real it's not there's it's not um animal rep representations now are usually always somehow abstracted into this weird connection between like what does it mean to be a human being and see this animal and what is the relationship between humans and animals 
And sometimes it's environmentalism. Like sometimes it's like just like strange, like animal hybrids, uh, you know, humans like mutating into these weird creatures. And that's because we, we don't really have a place for the reality of what an animal is anymore. And I think that's fascinating. And my work is just, uh, as I, I keep saying, like, I feel like it's, it's always evolving, but what you can do with that concept is really anything. It's, it's very open-ended. So, so are you saying that you think animals are, like you view them as oppressed in a way? Is, is that what you're saying? Like they're not as... I've, I mean, if you, that's, that's, that would be more like the environmentalism type yeah. uh, discussion about, you know, what animals are and where they fit in society, which is true. Um, the like preservation aspect of nature. Um, but there's also this kind of ambiguity of where if, if the conversation is not about environmentalism, then what is it? And that, that trying to find like that connection between humans and animals, which doesn't exist anymore, uh, breeds really a kind of visual ambiguity. Like we don't know. <laughs> Yeah, the Western, Western culture, Western culture is really divorced from nature. And then just like you, caught up in the, just like caught up in the rat race and that kind of thing. Like the industrialization yes. and everything. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, basically, if you're a hunter gatherer, then you would have a realistic view. It's not romanticized in any way. Like nature is your environment and animals are what you depend on for your life. <laughs> and they're not abstracted in any way. Like one, one way that, um, you know, our culture really projects onto animals in a way that's very <laughs> romanticized is that everything has to be cute. Like we, see a, a bear at the zoo and they're like they train the bears to wave to the the tourists have you seen yeah. those videos i, th I think i've seen the bears waving and someone once told me like oh they're they're, they're abused to do that or... they're they well they're they wave and then somebody throws food to them and so they keep yeah. waving yeah or like they're like trained to do that somehow and that that, <laughs> that animals and zoos are like an entirely different conversation but that that's one example of like how this monster it's like essentially if you see a bear in in the wild it's like this brutal like predator yeah. and that that's that's the reality of what a bear is like you should be terrified by it but here it is like sitting at, in the zoo waving at you and it's supposed it's like becomes this like cute you know distortion of what of what this thing really is yeah, it's like disconnected. To, so you're saying it's disconnected, I guess, to how like humans would actually interact with the animal yes. in nature. And that, yeah. Yes. And how humans would actually interact 
with the animal in nature is never experienced by most people. Yeah. And, and then I guess with pets, it's more domesticated, like a dog's not like how a wolf would be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. People who like dress their pets up in like human clothes. <laughs> like that's, that's another, another example of what's yeah. happening here. Yeah. Though, though there are stories of like people in the wild, like becoming a pack member like there's a lot or like a kid being raised in a pack of wolves. Oh, yeah, that, yeah. That's really that's interesting too. That's like the other the opposite dimension of, of this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, and then like if you're young enough, if you're a kid and you're young enough and you're raised that way, then you never recover. Like there was this this story of a, a Russian girl that was raised by dogs. And she never learned to speak, and she act, she continued to act like a dog for most of yeah. her life. Um, Why? Because she she was like a she was like separated from her parents, and then I think I heard about that story. Didn't they do the movie with like Jodie Foster? So, oh, there was a movie about it somewhere. I think. Oh, I don't yeah. know if I've seen the yeah. movie. Um, but that's crazy story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. I don't know. Just think it's it's fascinating. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of so. So, are you like uh, what? What is your? Are you vegan or anything like that? Or is, do you have a view about like eating animals? No, or? no, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I'm against factory farming. Um, I mean, I think that that is. A byproduct. What's happening to animals and factory farming is just a byproduct of, um, you know, they're just objects to consume, and the industry has no, absolutely zero, <laughs> uh, concern about their lives. Uh, which, especially with something like pigs, pigs are very intelligent and they actually go insane in the if in this, these little crates they can't even turn around in like that's that is yeah. just terrible that's terrible yeah um, yeah that's why i find it like like kind of hypocritical when people like they eat factory farm meat but then they'll get on someone who hunts for food like i can understand yeah. like it's different than hunting for sport but if someone like hunts for food and cooks their own meat like in a way i find that more ethical to hunt and like cook your own meat than the than factory farming because it's not being tortured it's just out in the wild and so it's like to yeah yeah I always find I that totally, hypocritical. Yeah. I totally, I totally agree with that. That's like a very rational standpoint. Like, if you're a hunter and you kill an animal, that the way that it it dies is is very humane. Like, it's killed very quickly, especially with a rifle. Um, and that is probably the best death it can it will ever have if you're if it's shot by somebody. Um, because in the wild, going back to you know, what we were talking about before, like the reality of the wild is just complete brutality. Like they suffer from disease and starvation or they're killed by predators. So if you're somebody that's concerned with the well-being of animals, then it should probably be understanding of what hunting is. Yeah, because that's what they do with like each other. It's more of a like a natural kind of, but yeah. 
Yes, but I wouldn't want to be, I would not want to be eaten by bears. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> if I were a deer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess humans are kind of somewhere like in the middle, right? Between like a deer and a a bear, like, yeah. I don't know. If we have weapons. <laughs> yeah. If we're just out there, then good luck. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we've, de- we've definitely been more of a, a predator to the whole world though than bears oh yeah i I see what yeah i see what you mean yes but you you how did this was there like something that inspired like the interest like how did that develop like did it was that always like your inspiration with the art or like was there something that inspired that like interest in animals um i think it's just an extension of my personality like i grew up pretty much in the rural area in the woods in new hampshire and um, I was always around animals. Um, there were like deer and birds of prey and like all the little creatures running around, raccoons and stuff, fox. Um, and I would just wander around the woods and like try to find like frogs and <laughs> like insects and just like turning over rocks and like looking for stuff as a kid. And so, I mean, that. <clears throat> that just sort of became part of the, that like appreciation of the natural world i would say is like just in me <laughs> yeah so so it, it comes from that but then i guess it was there is there things you like about the city still like i guess that's more where you went to do art and what you want to do like is there is there stuff you like more about it do you is there, is there things you preferred about when you lived in a more rural area or <laughs> Um, I, I really enjoy living in the city, um, just because it's so stimulating. There's never any really way to be bored around New York. Um, and, uh, at this point, like, I feel like I really need that. Like I've been here for about 12 years and, uh, in terms of being a, a, creative person like I feel like it's really inspiring because you're also around other creative people and uh you have all of these museums and like resources and like you know the opera is here and the ballet is here so it's very inspiring to be around New York City um but I'm here with the background of living in a rural area and i i feel like that gives me a a perspective that maybe someone who grew up in the city and has stayed there doesn't really have like uh i I guess like i guess could you elaborate like what ways i guess like what perspectives i guess like uh... um Well, uh, that's interesting. Um, hmm. Well, one way of becoming a naturalist or like an amateur naturalist is someone who appreciates learning about the natural world. The one way is to, to just directly be exposed to it really young and so you just grow up that way and I feel like like if I wasn't 
if I didn't live in the woods as a kid, then maybe I would be a completely different person. <laughs> like I just would never have been exposed to um, what it's like to like live in that environment. Uh, and so, um, you know, being in, in nature is also really introspective as well. Like instead of like when I'm in the city, I feel like everything is so stimulating. Your focus is really extroverted. It's like focused on the outside world around you because there's just too much going on. <laughs> uh, whereas in nature, it's your focus is really more inward. Um, and, you know, this, that's kind of a, uh, sentiment or idea that's, that's been, um, expressed through art for a long time, um, because it's kind of true. <laughs> like if you're just like, you know, taking, taking a walk in the woods by yourself, it's kind of a, a romantic thing to do, but it's also, it's, it really is very introspective. Like it, you're, you turn inward on yourself in a way that I don't know that I could do if I was just walking in the city. So you still, you like a, you like a, do you like a mix of both still? Like, do you still like returning to nature and returning to that sometimes to kind of get your head clear? Or? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I would like to at some point have a place, <laughs> have somewhere to go uh, in the country, like have a house in the country and then have an apartment in the city. Um, but that is a long way off <laughs> from yeah. now. Um, but I can drive. I mean, I do have a car <laughs> and uh, there's um some parks that I would like to go to and explore uh, and nature preserves that I would like to go to. I haven't done that yet. I think that'll be a good idea. Yeah. Well, well, in New Jersey, you're, and you're in New Jersey. Well, you're in New Jersey, but close to New York and New Jersey has like some places like that. So yeah. Yeah. For yeah. sure. Yeah. But I, I think it's a, a mix of both is good. Like if you, it's good to have the introspection, but then you kind of got to bring that new, insight into the world too you know yeah exactly yeah because if you just meditate and you're at peace but you don't then you don't interact with the world then it's like it doesn't <laughs> then it's just you it's just, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's just you yeah it could be it could be just you for a really long time which is, yeah <laughs> it's not always maybe the healthiest thing to do yeah so <laughs> but, you were like an area was like spread out like was it one of those areas where it's like it's it's a long drive to get to like the next place and they're um kind of i mean i was in a neighborhood but the houses were really far apart and in between the houses there was like just woods so um yeah you couldn't really each house was pretty isolated in its own way but it was part of a larger neighborhood yeah was there any like culture shocks or anything with like coming to the east coast or uh coming to new york um yeah well definitely coming to new york because new york is <laughs> so massive 
<laughs> and uh, before that, um, I was living in Florida. Like I took two years off between undergrad and graduate school. So I was living in Florida and uh, we were in a, a place that was kind of, you know, not, there's not much around. It was also kind of rural. So coming to New York was just like, what, <laughs> what is going on? This is crazy. Um, yeah, but everyone basically, you know, you're everyone that I was at school with was in the same situation. So we pretty much figured it out, figured it out together. And that was, that was helpful. <laughs> right. And um, so did you, like, what was it like with music there and stuff? Did you, did you find people to play in a band and stuff like that or? Um, no, I'm, I mean, mostly when I was at school, like they, all I had time to do was just art, just school work. So I took a while off from playing guitar a few years, but I, you know, I still had it around. I just didn't take it very seriously. And then um, no, I picked it up again a little bit later. It's like, you know, I'm going to actually try to learn some techniques that I'm interested in and try to slowly get better at this. Um, and uh, that's been really enjoyable. Like now I have my own studio space that I can play and nobody cares. Like the sound is fine. Uh, it's not very loud. Um, so I do that much more regularly now than I used to. And like the, the Funkadelic thing, um, Funkadelic Studios, uh, their their open jam was uh, really like one of the first things that I did in the city in terms of music because um, it's it's every week it's ten dollars <laughs> you play you play for four hours um, it it's like I don't know like I think that's really that's really cool that they're doing that yeah that that was the first one I went to that that's why I was kind of interesting like I just saw it on meetup <laughs> yeah I was just kind of like this this looks interesting like you play with other musicians I was like I guess I'll give it a try and then yeah then I ended up forming into the band and doing the jam band and all that yeah yeah so <laughs> that's, that's so random I'm glad I'm glad we both went the same day yeah <laughs> um yeah so that I don't know I really enjoy doing that yeah. I feel like there's more things like that to try in New York. Like I'm trying to find more things like that in New Jersey, but it's like neat. Like, um, I don't know. I find like when I just like try something like that, at least to like another experience I wouldn't expect or like something like that. So like those oh, groups, like, like open things where you just like an open jam or like an open mic or like improv or like something like that. you go to? Yeah. yeah. There are a lot of them. I've done maybe uh, three other ones, but whenever I'm on stage, like some of them are at least, well, the one, one that I went to was on an actual stage and it was really, I was so nervous that I only did it one time and I never went back, but I feel like that's, you know, something that that's something to work on. It's like performing. Um, Cause most of the time I'm just like by myself. <laughs> I, yeah. I would like to, to go out more as well. Yeah. I feel like, um, I feel like now I'd be, more comfortable with like other kind when I, I did a band like when I was younger and stuff and like I was more shy and state well I was doing like the vocals like the growling kind of thing and then in yeah. high school I did like the guitar but uh, I feel like now I'd be more comfortable on stage because I've done it a lot with uh improv so like just doing a lot oh, of that right. kind of 
yeah that that, that was cool. like that's like the main like on stage performance i've done like in the past few years and i did an improv team improv comedy team in uh 2019 uh, i want i want to do like more the like uh, acting is like another fashion of mine so i want to do like more like theater acting and stuff like that too but, that's yeah. awesome yeah because i've done really film cool. but um i feel like theater is like a little more like the actor's medium so i want to explore that a bit more like there's more dialogue it's more dramatic and stuff like that so oh that's cool it's yeah. really exciting i can imagine like improv like acting improv like you have a con they give you a concept and then you just do it. yeah you just go up on stage well they do the jams every- i mean uh they do the jams at the pit like every friday like maybe maybe you'd mm-hmm. want to check it out like one of these days it's right near penn station so oh cool yeah 33rd yeah. and uh yeah they do the friday night jam- where anybody you just sign up and then anybody can go on stage and wow yeah. that's cool yeah. <laughs> damn yeah, and I guess we kind of do like a musical improv in a way. That's how we kind of come up with like how, how would you? I guess we're like instrumental jam is kind of like what we. In, yeah, instrumental jam. I feel like we have some song structure happening, um, and uh, the rest of it would just be whoever's taking a solo is just like winging it. Yeah, <laughs> which is which is fun. I mean. I enjoy doing that. Not everyone does, but it's like one of my favorite things to do. It's kind of it's kind of like short instrumental like music. It's what I I guess I describe it. Yeah. As, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yes. Sometimes it's fun to like play a style that you wouldn't necessarily like listen to on your own. Like sometimes just playing it can be different. Like I don't know. I, I haven't really heard a lot of bands like us, but like it's a fun style to play. Like yeah. I don't oh, yeah, know who we'd sure. be compared to though, I guess for us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um i don't know there are a lot of jam bands Um, like explosions in the sky i think i listened to them a bit aren't they i don't know if we're like them though but i don't know i'm not familiar with them yeah i feel like (laughs) but i feel like we're different than other jam bands because we do like really short songs like like a lot of jam bands are like long and we have a structure so it's not totally a jam band it's like we jam and that creates the song and then it's like the instrumental song yes yes we like figure out the song through jamming and we're like oh what what is that part that sounds cool let's put that in there i like that yeah and i I like that we're gonna add like samples into it too that'll be cool yeah yes yeah yeah i I would want to do like another well i want i have my other my solo project that i'm doing for fun like kind of like joy division type music with the insomniac ad i have a couple more songs i want to record with that i've done like some synth stuff um it would be fun to do a grindcore band again at some point but oh sweet oh my god yeah. like, like insect warfare kind of because i did it a nice. bit when i was younger but i kind of i don't know part of me like sometimes like i'm more mellow now than i used to be but like sometimes i'll listen to like really fast stuff and it's like i want to do like another like really fast like napalm death kind of band yes. and like yes. have with like political lyrics or like and stuff like that like I don't know. oh that's sick that would be really fun yeah damn so you did the you did the vocals for Nemesis your, Complex, or, yeah. That was a band bands. I was in when I was younger. Then I was I did another project, uh, Holy the Bastards, which was kind of like a sludge thing with my friend um, Chris Flynn, who listens to the show a lot. Um, and then I don't know. Then I kind of fell out of at music for a while, and I was doing more like I did some of my solo project, but I did more like the acting and like the film stuff. And now recently back 
in a band again. So like since the first time and since I guess like my early 20s, so like 10 years or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, I'd love to do that. I've always wanted to be to to be in a metal band. Yeah. Well, who maybe knows? Maybe one day yet. we'll do like a like a grindcore band for fun <laughs> or something. We find like a fast job. We could do like insect. I think I showed you like insect warfare and yeah, so I yeah, showed you, you. You said you, you liked it, like Death Toll, eighty k, and some mm-hmm. of the bands like that, like that really fast, like yeah, really really short songs, very fast, yeah. very grindcore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, with kind of like a punk, like punk, like lyrics. Well, I mean, you can't really understand lyrics, but if you look at the lyrics, more like punk and then like, <laughs> like a punk attitude kind of about more than like, but like with a lot of metal influence in there. I guess we talked about like what got you, like how you're artistic. We, I guess with, with art, we covered most, unless I don't know if there's anything else you could elaborate like with that. Or... Um, Not really. I think we covered the, the basics. Yeah. But the music, like how did that, because I know you lived, you, you where you grew up like you said there wasn't a lot of people like i guess it was it would have been harder to jam with people regularly yeah there. so oh, like, yeah so how did your music actually i think you said that you hadn't really been in a band before right you did more solo like before you did the band with us like yeah um no i wasn't i our band is really like the uh, the first official one that I've ever been in that is actually making an effort to practice practice (laughs) and like follow through on something um, because it's so hard to get people together. Um, And when I was, when I was a kid, uh, I started playing guitar and then I, that inspired my younger brother to also pick up the guitar and we would play together all the time. But um, I had a few friends that were also into music and we would just like informally jam or like try to do something uh but most of the time it was just me um and uh i would have (laughs) this is hilarious uh there was no way i didn't have recording equipment there wasn't a way to like make a loop for me so i had a a tape player and i would just record chord progressions into the cassette tape and just play it back and jam over that (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah, that was the that was the beginning of everything. So to, musically, so to kind of feel like you're practicing in a group, but yeah, just happy. just just to have like something to play over. Um, uh, there were YouTube didn't exist then, so yeah. <laughs> there wasn't really a an easy way to get a backing track, and so I would just make I would make my own chord progressions and just record them play and try to solo over that so and, and i'm still doing that now i like have a i have a looper and that's what i mostly do nice yeah it took me a while to figure out like uh, how to do drum machine and stuff like that and it's been easier to make my own music now with like lmms studios okay that's i, I do like and the I drum machine through that, that and um but like i, I it's uh i have an sm57 so i don't know if it gives like the best i might want to get like a better bass mic mm-hmm. I, I i was into guitar for a while but then like when i was a kid it was more like when i was 13 i had the new metal like phase i went through and i was like playing the seven yeah. string and then i don't know now not it's, i mean it's been a lot of years so it's not like in the best condition so like now i would eventually want to get like a new guitar and like then get back into guitar again but that kind of fell more into bass because like i just found like the bass easier to take care of and stuff and i got real into like sisters and mercy and like a lot of like this 80s like 
bass like heavy like stuff where like bass was like the main focus and then i just got into the do 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 like in a lot of new wave <laughs> and like uh like 80s goth music and i just got real into like stuff that was like really bass focused and like a lot of older punk like i had cool bass lines and i liked like black sabbath's bass lines so i just yeah. got more into like bass in general and um and that with insomniac id most of the songs are kind of like the bass is the main uh focus but uh I mean, I, I think SM, the mic I have now picks, gets a pretty good bass sound, but I don't know if I'll get like a better bass mic to like do more recording of that to have more of like a presence with the bass. But we'll see. Ah, oh, that's cool. Yeah, for sure. I don't know how you record a bass. Can you use a condenser mic to record bass? Use a what? Uh, a condenser mic. Yeah, like an be amp- like a, 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 amplifier. Well, yeah, it'd be. I think the the one that's like the industry standard for uh, bass is like the R is um the RE twenty. I think is, but I think that's like a very expensive mic. But maybe like someday I'd get it at some point. I don't know. But like SM, I, I used to like before I really knew what I wanted to do. I was like right out of high school. Like I I, I started off uh, when I went to community college. I was studying like music recording, and like I remember one of the things they taught us like. Um, was when you don't know what to do, use an SM57. So uh, <laughs> that's like kind of why I got an SM57 because I figured I could kind of just like record anything with it. So yes, pretty. They're like the the most standard thing ever. I also have one. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Have you recorded stuff with it? Oh, like, have you, have you found it like a, a useful mic or? Oh, I have. Yes. Um, uh, it's good for acoustic recording, and I've used it on my amplifier as well um trying to get a decent like uh distorted guitar tone re- recording one without like if you don't have like axe effects or something yeah. exa- insane like that um it's not it's not easy i don't have uh you know a, a really expensive DAW. i just have garage bands and like some plugins that i bought and i record my amplifier with the with the sm57 and i have the have a condenser mic and then I put the put the plug in on top of that signal and then it sounds okay but it's not professional by any any means yeah um, I'm, I'm yeah I, I gotta I gotta think of a better word to say yeah like I like I was like yeah. I, like I'm taking in what the person says and just go yeah and then then it's like wait did I just agree to something like <laughs> like you just said it's, it's not the most professional sound i'm like yeah it's not like uh, it was more just kind of like taking in like okay that's what she said but yeah because i because i was just thinking like how um like how i gradually like with with this with the podcast and everything now i got like a a more professional mic i got a booth i'm in i got the the light it's just like i was just thinking like how gradually over time like you're focused on something you build it up kind of oh yeah for sure yeah, I, that's. I think that's the only way to have better quality in the end. <laughs> yeah, but the key uh, is to just start. You know, I, I had yeah. kind of a shitty mic when I started this podcast, and I didn't really know what I was doing. And then I just kind of kept going. It's like the only thing is, is as long as you start, you don't have to have every, whatever you want to do. Like you don't have to have all the right things in the same place at the same time. You just got to start. You know. Oh yeah, for sure. That's starting is the hardest part. <laughs> yeah like i bet like you you probably with painting too like you probably feel better about your paintings now than you did when you first started i guess like oh yeah definitely definitely um you have to make hundreds and hundreds of terrible paintings 
to, <laughs> to get somewhere that is consistent enough that you're like, okay, I'm, I'm comfortable with this. This is my thing now. Yeah. So, that, yeah. I think, it, I guess it's just like that with it. Cause you learn through doing what you can like, like you can, I guess it's good to take the classes and to learn and stuff or whatever you want to learn, but it's like, it's through the doing, I think you learn the most, like, and then through your mistake, like if you do something shitty one time, then you learn to do it better the next. And, and I think that's what you were saying. Like you always never like be like, oh, I know it. Just be like always learning kind of like always, always be like a student mentally. Oh yeah, for sure. With guitar, especially like <laughs> the more I play guitar, it's like the more, oh my God, I don't know anything. I'm just, uh, I just do, I'm good enough at the things that I'm interested in doing. And that's, that's fine. <laughs> the rest, the rest of it, I need to, you know, study a little bit more, but that's okay. And you post a lot of solo videos, right? On your Instagram. That was another thing you were doing for a while, like guitar solos or. Oh yeah. Um, I had a, I started a Instagram page just for guitar. Um, and I have some videos up there, but it's, I realized like creating a video every day is it's not easy. <laughs> um, especially, I know it's only like a minute long, but being in the mood to play something every day and setting everything up and making a video is, is was a little too, too time consuming for me. So I, I had that and then I just stopped doing it for uh, a while. Um, I might keep posting those, but for now it's just like, just there. <laughs> Or if I want to send somebody a video of me playing guitar, I could do it. Yeah, and we I, we mentioned at the beginning you were doing the dissection covers, like the metal. Oh my god! Yeah, and you were, you were going to put the corpse paint on, and you're, you were going to record. No. Other, yeah. Oh. <laughs> no, I don't need the, I don't need the corpse paint, but <laughs> um, I've been working on a cover of "A Night's Blood" by Dissection for a long time, and the music is done. The music is finally done it's mixed it sounds good enough uh i have to record the vocals um and i have i have a good microphone for that i just have to like psych myself into it <laughs> it's not it's not easy it is not easy to do that correctly to scream or make the growling sounds like the false chord scream um and uh yeah i've done it i've done it before but it just i just need to like calm down and <laughs> and stand in front of the microphone and not get nervous and like do it as best as I can. So yeah. then, then it'll be done. <laughs> yeah. And, and how, how'd you get into metal? And is that like your main genre? I know you like a lot of different things, but. How did I get into metal? Oh my God. Um, probably as a teenager. I mean, no one really told me what to listen to. I pretty much just found it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Maybe in college, like in college, I had friends that were also into metal. They, you know, we just exchanged bands back and forth. Um, but yeah, it's pretty much been like since I was younger that I, I was into death metal, <laughs> black metal, like heavy metal. All right. Um, yeah. So I mean, I also like jazz, like fusion and jazz right now. It's just, I feel like what I listen to and what I play on guitar are two different things. So it's like so, instrumental jazz or like, um, like what, like, like the Louis Armstrong kind of jazz or. Uh, like jazz 
use them. Like, I don't know, are you familiar with uh, Pat Metheny at all? Mm, no, I don't. Yeah, he's a like fusion guitarist, but he's more on the jazz side of fusion. Um, uh, Guthrie Govan is maybe my favorite player. Is, that, uh, is this very, contemporary people or is this like older? Yes, I, I, Guthrie is contemporary. I, I don't know if Pat Metheny is still around. I'm not that familiar. Um, but his playing is phenomenal. Um, so Guthrie is maybe my main, main influence right now. And all, and that's all, the, the fusion style is instrumental and very uh, improv heavy. So that's what I like playing. But in terms of like metals, like you can't really, unless, unless it's your song, I feel like playing metal is not very expressive it's 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 just it's um it's contained to the song there's not a lot of improv involved in in that yeah but i enjoy listening to it yeah i I think for me like uh 13 is like when i started really getting into like uh metal with like sepultura was like the Mm -hmm. one like was like the first band like i really became a big fan and they're still like one of my favorites like especially the older stuff like beneath the remains and uh, schizophrenia and that kind of stuff. Um, I mean, I started with like the chaos AD and roots and all that stuff, but uh, that that was more like when I was thirteen. And then, but I, but I discovered like the older stuff like pretty early on, like that. But um, and then I got into like Minor Threat and like that stuff in high school too. But I went through a bit of like a mallcore phase with like new metal and stuff. But then I kind of, I don't know. Then eventually I outgrew that, and now it's more. Then I got more into like that and like other stuff. So sweet yeah what what is your favorite metal band um either sepultura or like bathory i think oh yeah hell yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i like uh it's we've just established that i do like dissection but i also like opeth like early early opeth oh i remember I, yeah i used um, to listen to like more back in the day like well she was kind of new metal too like i kind of new metal i kind of gravitated away from but uh like I, I i guess that's more like what i started with it was like new metal kind of stuff when i was like 13 so yeah i do remember her stuff though but i haven't listened in a while but. oh there's another there's another band called otep is that what you're thinking of no oh no uh otep that's what i'm thinking of yeah yeah, yeah. oh i was thinking otep <laughs> opeth is more like progressive yeah oh they sound very similar yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, the name is very similar yeah um I, I, yeah, but o- Opeth is like progressive death metal, or at least they used to be <laughs> progressive death metal. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, I, I liked them during that era. It was one of the, the first shows I ever went to, I think, was, was them. Um, yeah, I, I do like the prog, prog metal type stuff, like technical death metal as well. Like, yeah, do you like I, uh, Gorguts? I do i've heard of them yeah, i don't you, you know probably like like gore guts like uh they do like technical death metal i guess i guess that's what we considered yeah i like it and the, their album uh considered dead's good but then they did like later stuff like obscura it was more like kind of different than that more experimental than that that's cool it sounds like i'd like it i i've i saw necrophagist before they broke up oh yeah i remember uh, that guy the one guy uh muhammad was his name right the Necrophagia. Um, he was one guy, right? He. They're from Germany, I believe. 
Um, and I don't know the band members, but I remember being in Florida and seeing them because they were like, Carcass was the headliner and they played before Carcass. And I was like, damn, this is insane. This, I'm very glad I got to see them. Oh, yeah. I saw Carcass a while ago when they played with, uh, they did that tour with like Suffocation and some other bands and stuff. That I yeah. like like the old, like Symphonies of Sickness, I like and that stuff. But... Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. It's very, you know, that's what I like about death and black metal is the complexity. You know, it's, they're both expressive in their own way. Um, death metal is like Americans are good at death metal because it's very, it's very <laughs> extroverted. It's very extroverted and direct and just like pummeling in your face type, type sound. Um, we're not that good at black metal or we can't really, I wouldn't say that. That's not fair to say. It's not impossible that like the American psyche can, can understand black metal. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not, it's not, it's not, I, I feel like it's more, it's more uh, romantic and more European. Um, but for those of us that do understand it, like it's enjoyable. Very atmospheric, very, it's very introspective. Yeah. Well, I guess it, yeah, it depends on like the style of black metal too, because then there's like the raw kind that's just like, like, um, like art and stuff that like too. that. Yeah. Uh, there's a band called Darkened Nocturne Slaughter Cult from Germany. Okay. And it's they, like super raw. They sound a lot. It's like what? It was like super raw kind of stuff. The... Very, yeah, very raw, very fast, but it's also re- super complex. And, um, they sound a lot, they pull a lot of influences from this band that I'm forgetting. That's not very helpful to the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, a very odd time signatures, just like weird shit is um, coming out of this like very raw, like primitive sound, but it's also very complex which is what I like about them. Like uh, their drummer is insane. A lot of the, the U S death model was like floor, like the Florida had a, I think that's where death is. Or wait, is that where death is from? Or? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. I you, you like death. Oh, death them. is another one of my favorite metal bands too. Mm-hmm. Which I, are, I, I, I like the, I like the death metal band. And then I like the punk band death too, from like the seventies too. If you look uh, up the documentary, a band called death, you'd find them interesting. But. I've heard. Uh, I heard Detroit. The, yeah, from Detroit. Uh, they were like one of the first I, like proto punk. Okay. Yeah. I've heard that they exist, but I don't know their music. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Chuck Schuldner was a genius, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, like uh, like Lepers, Scream Body Gore. I think is my favorite. Thing, mm, the first damn. one. Yeah. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>. the first <laughs> one. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I like Symbolic. Symbolic is maybe my favorite one. Yeah. My favorite album. Yeah, I, th- I think I like like the earlier stuff like the best, like probably that and like Lepers, like uh, Scream Buddy Gore and Lep- like the thrashier kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah. He he definitely got more pro- progressive. As, yeah. <laughs> as time went on. Yeah. I don't know if there was anything else we didn't cover, but I think we, we, we covered a good amount of things and other things we didn't expect to cover, too. So that's good. Yeah, this was great. 
thanks for asking me on your podcast. Oh yeah, no problem. Yeah, this was a good. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's good to get back into this. You know, it was uh, I, I think this is the first of the year, so it's good. Yeah, it was cool. good. Uh, and now I know stuff about you I didn't know about before. So yeah, <laughs> and and you as well. Yeah, my, the first podcast I've ever been on. Nice, nice. Yeah, I'm glad. A lot. I, I'm glad to be the. Uh, yeah, maybe you'll be on others. Who knows. Yeah. oh maybe we'll see, we'll see. <laughs> but yeah this was uh super fun and thank you for having me on oh yeah no problem yeah like well yeah it was a good uh chat and uh where can people keep updated with uh your stuff oh okay um um have my art on my instagram page you could find it on angela graham art on instagram and that is pretty much it and your and Angela Grams is your name, or you just put Angela Grams because like Instagram. It's uh, Angela Graham, and Graham is spelled G R A M. And just okay. add art art on the end. Okay, no, you'll you'll find me. <laughs> okay, yeah, I, I just didn't know if that was like your actual name that I put as the name in the episode, or like, or you put Insta, you put Angela Graham like it's your Instagram. This is the Graham. Oh no, that's my name. <laughs> okay. Oh, it's just like it's just like a coincidence that it like fits with like Instagram, Angela Graham. It 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 works, it works that way nice. for sure. Nice. And um, you can follow BSing on Spotify, iTunes, BSing with Sean K. And um, I also have my blog BSing with Sean K. Blogspot.com and my main website SeanNeese.com. And I have my all my Instagram which has like everything I do. It has the podcast and everything else. S K N E E S E one nine eight nine. S Nice nineteen eighty nine. Yeah, and uh, that's about it for this episode. Uh, we'll catch you on the next one. B S A N W E R T H.